Welcome to Ride Home Reactions, the 20-minute show where we react to the movie we just saw. Why 20 minutes? Because that's how long it takes us to drive home. I'm David Els, video production guy for InTheCarMedia.com. And I am Jill Rogatti, theater lady from SoapAndRopeTheater.com. We saw a movie on our first date and liked talking about it together so much that we got married. Was it worth it? You decide! Okay. We just uh, first reformed, and I honestly haven't formed a score yet, so I'm gonna do it by the seat of my pants. On the count of three, we will give our one to ten score. One, one two, two, three, six. Two. <laughs> 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 my my score is very arbitrary um, because of you can't have liked it six much <laughs> you can't have the there are parts of the movie that uh, that I enjoyed and then parts that I hated and so it's hard to put it into one yeah I guess the ending of it there's one special moment that everything just went so sharply downhill that I think I'm still at that point so that I've forgotten about anything that I may have liked in the beginning. Tell me what that point was for you. Oh, uh, you know, when they're when they're soaring over mountains. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. That was not only just uh, really ugly, just from a cinematography... Very ugly. ...standpoint, uh, but it, it felt like... Um, didn't belong in this movie. Oh gosh. I r- wanted to roll my eyes so many times during that movie. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like two people wrote the script and didn't it's like two people said, "Here, I'll write pages <laughs> 1 through 20, then you write pages 20 through 23, then I'll write 24, 25, mm-hmm. then you write 26, 27, and they never compared, and then they just shot the movie. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Because in the beginning, it was... It's true. He had kind of an interesting character, and I was enjoying seeing um, this kind of complex situation he was in. I don't know. He was a well-developed character, mm-hmm. and, and we were interested in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very sympathetic, and, and you sensed he was more sincere of a pastor to the very few people in his church but the people who were there he was um, being more the way I would hope all pastors are Mm -hmm. (laughs) compared to this other abundant life mega church quite serious but um, you quickly learn that he doesn't really have any reservoir of mirth (laughs) to draw from right right (laughs) serious but compassionate and, and wanting to to help people right. and not wanting people to be as sad as he is, right. and so sure, not a not a happy person, but um, mm-hmm. doing a doing yeah, great work he as best he can. Trying very hard to give the young man hope. Yeah, who was thinking about whether he should try to bring a child into the world. Right. I think the core story is very interesting mm-hmm. to to. Outline it very quickly. Yeah, because he's going to watch this movie. 
a uh, depressed minister who fails to save a troubled young man ends up taking on the mantle of sacrificing oneself for the environment and he becomes deeper and deeper embroiled in this <laughs> obsession to the point where he is tempted to act out in an extreme way kind of like the, the breaking bad recipe you know the, mm, the mm-hmm. pilot of breaking bad chemistry teacher gets a death diagnosis and so he tries to figure out what can he do with these last moments he has it's it's a great recipe for drama so I think that pitch probably was what got Ethan Hawke interested <laughs> and um, in the, ph- the philosophy yeah that's true like, Ethan Hawke does love philosophy was it like before sunrise <laughs> but just like I'm a pastor <laughs> and uh, we've got uh, Mamma Mia herself here we um, go again <laughs> uh, we just watched Mamma Mia <laughs> Two nights ago, and Amanda Seyfried. I would like to make that. it known that it was not my choice. It was my choice to watch Mamma Mia. Because I knew I would not like it. <laughs> I did not like it either, but I was open to it. Uh, so it's very interesting going from Mamma Mia to this <laughs> yes. movie with the same actress. So it was a writer-director, and I, I don't think he had a very clear vision at all of what he was doing. No. <laughs> He did not. And he couldn't strike a tone. He didn't know what tone this movie was. Yeah. Because there are moments when it's, like, kind of Mm uber-realism. And, you know, getting into these very relatable characters. And it's kind of showing things about them in subtle ways. And we're learning about them. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, no. That character is just representing something. But then it would drop that and goes to something else and then David and I are laughing during the death, uh, during the funeral because it's funny yeah I think that was, do you think that was intentional? definitely, definitely which is fine, yeah. but, but then that begs to, nobody else in the theater thought so, or was just too afraid to laugh <laughs> um, I think that the movie is supposed to have some darkly comedic moments but I don't think that that comedy particularly helps that moment Mm-hmm. Even though it was funny, I still have to say, but why? Like, uh-huh. even though it was funny, why have that be funny then? Uh-huh. I don't think that's particularly helpful. And then it gets into weirdo, like, mystical land. Which part? When they're soaring over the... Oh, yeah. That reminded me of a movie from the 90s called SLC Punk. <laughs> it's a very similar scene. That one works. I'll describe a lot the scene just because I assume no one's going to see this movie. <laughs> so, the guy who dies is the husband of a woman who is pregnant. Then, one late night while he's writing in his journal, the pastor, she knocks on his door. He's been drinking a little. She's wearing a white poncho and he's wearing all black as he always does because he's dark and brooding. And she tells him that she's had a panic attack, basically, and that something she used to do with her husband is that they would lie on top of each other and, like, try to get as much of their body parts together as possible and then just breathe in rhythm. And out of...
out of nowhere, he's like, oh, do you want me to do that? <laughs> Which no one would assume in that moment. And she's like, no, yeah. <laughs> and then they do it without any sort of like, this is awkward or uncomfortable. He lies down on the floor. She, with a pregnant stomach, <laughs> lies down on top of him. Not in a sexual way. Just in a weird way. And they like... So she's face down. He's face up. Bellies together. Legs together. Hands together. You know. And then, all of a sudden, the room turns into... Well, first they levitate. Oh, right. First they Which levitate. Which I actually enjoyed that part. I did not. The second the <laughs> levitating happened, I was like, oh my gosh, what's well, happening? I enjoyed it because the scene was already weird. I was like, okay, we're just putting the I guess on that's it. true. Where are they going to go? Yeah. But then, <laughs> but then when it turned into green screen land, like Superman Bad from... Bad green screen land. Superman from like early 1980s. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's I'm exactly flying. what it was. <laughs> Bad Superman. And they soared... So first the room turns into starry night sky, then not Van Gogh's, just like a bad 90s version, starry night sky. Then they soar over beautiful landscapes. Then they soar over tires and pollution. And bad drone shots. (laughs) And then it's over. They don't even resolve it. They don't show them like awkwardly getting up off the floor after they soared around. Well, I would have enjoyed a kind of naturalistic type of movie about a depressed pastor in upstate New York who's trying to find some hope somewhere. And, you know, whether there's a romance or something else like that. That would would have have been great. I would have enjoyed that. I would have enjoyed the other pitch of, yeah, Homeland Season 1 mixed with Breaking Bad. And Superman. Yeah, Superman. Well, not that, not, not the Superman part. But you just had to very carefully get me there. And the, the scenes they were supposed to get me to be like, yeah, I could see why this pastor would want to blow up a whole lot of ethnically diverse people and then, like, a, a bad oil man. Yeah, that's that, too much of a jump for was, me. I, 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 I neither saw his psychosis developing to the point where I'm like, well, he's crazy, so I guess crazy people do crazy things. Right. Nor did I, like, want him to do it from, like, this is just, this is extreme, but it's just, you know. There is there is nothing believable or relatable about. Nope. Okay. So they lost, they ran out of budget on two items. Mm-hmm. One, the green screen flying scene. <laughs> two, making believable um, puncture wounds all across oh, his I chest. Was it awful. was so bad. <laughs> it was... It looked like one of those rubber muscle like a, suits. Like a yeah, thin fat suit or something. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. It, it was so, he was so obviously wearing rubber. Right. And his performance then wasn't good either. No. He's like, ah! Right. And I'm now. still not sure what his what his goal was there. Like, I do not follow. I get that he was like, shoot, I can't blow up all the diverse people in my church <laughs> because there's one girl in there who I'm attached to. We don't want to blow up any white people. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not what the movie was about, but it, it was very confusing. <laughs> white blonde women. Yeah. Um, so, instead... I will painfully wrap 
rusty barbed wire around myself so that I'm bleeding all over the place, put a white robe on, drink drain a lot of Drano, not just a little. He like has a full tumbler. Then what? Is he just going to commit suicide and have people see him and hope to like connect a bunch of dots? Or was he going to go like stumbling in? I think that he was just choosing to die alone at that point. But he was making a statement with his... I think that was just for his own, you know, weirdo fantasy. (laughs) That's, I don't know. That's weird. So anyway, all that lost me. I didn't... Well, I mean, okay, so there's the rabbit that was caught in that. I believe it was a squirrel. Oh, squirrels. Uh, A very frozen squirrel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like a rock hard. So I'm sure, yeah, he's the rabbit that's trapped, whatever. Uh, Oh, I thought he was Jesus. Well, Jesus is the frozen squirrel, too. (laughs) Oh, right. Parts that I liked about it, I, I. found the theology well researched and true to uh, you know conversations I've had and I felt that there wasn't just a skin deep type of Christianity displayed here and I think that's rare Mm -hmm. usually you see Christianity either just kind of simplified to a point where we're like this is the good kind of Christianity that everyone's fine with even atheists or you get the kind where it's just a punchline to a joke about someone who's kind of judgmental or mm-hmm. bigoted and so I appreciated that there was a whole lot of complexity going on with the Christianity in this movie uh, I, I think it, it was lost by the end but again that the first half of the movie I, I yeah, that was a different movie that I was quite enjoying yeah agreed you know like the you hear the stories about pastors who struggle with doubt but they don't feel like they can be authentic with their congregation about Mm -hmm. that because they're the leader of the flock you know so again i was enjoying seeing a pastor struggling with doubt doubt in a way that was pretty deep and he opens up about it to the you know to the guy he's counseling and yeah um yeah he's a ooh rue one construction He's a very authentic Christian that I think you can relate very much to if you're a Christian or not. Yeah. When did you know he was going to try to use a suicide vest to blow up the the 250 year? Oh, when he when the crazy music started. Those while like, he was Whoa. while he was on the laptop. Like that. While he was on the laptop. Uh, no. When he like gets up and gets it out of the closet. Oh, really? Yeah, I I wasn't like, I know what he's going to do. Okay, so I could tell it was going to happen. Well, it was, there was very little music, you know, soundtrack music in the movie. But one of the few cues was he's on the dead young man's laptop that's just covered with environmental messaging and stuff. Oh, I missed that. What did you miss? I missed that that was the the dead guy's laptop. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I'm s i am apologize, David. Yeah, you're forgiven. Thank you. You're such a good Christian. <laughs> Will we be forgiven? <laughs> Will Jill be forgiven for not realizing? <laughs> Again, sorry, this is these are references to a movie that nobody has seen. 
so yeah, he he's digging through this the contents of this laptop and learning about Balk Industries. And I'm thinking, oh, he's probably still got that suicide vest, doesn't he? So at first I was like, maybe he's going to go go blow up Balk. And I thought, well, there's actually a place that that Balk guy is going to be. <laughs> that would be very dramatic. So the ending, Amanda Seafried comes in. He drops the glass of Drano. And they embrace and oh, kiss. Right. And, and then they make out. No make out scene. That I that I also wasn't I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. I was actually kind of pleased that the weirdo let's lie on top of each other moment didn't go into sexual land. Uh-huh. I appreciated that. Because mm-hmm. their relationship up to that point felt very not sexual. Mm-hmm. And that also felt like a really refreshing you know, seeing an earnest authentic man who doesn't have that as part of his Mm. vices who's also a man of the cloth so you know Uh I just yeah Um, so so I was I do not understand why they were making out at the end unless you want to get into like allegory like he's hope or she's hope and he finally is just like embracing hope like he never has before Uh you know like okay but other than that, I, I, just, I don't get why they're uh, making out. I think it's like they're both in a troubled state and they kind of fit together in that moment as they synchronize in misery. <laughs> also, he would not be able to move around all that much with all that barbed wire on him. <laughs> well, he has a muscle suit, so... Oh, right. That's He's also protecting him from the that? barbed wire. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I forgot. That was a deleted scene where they show him putting the muscle suit on. <laughs> like Rambo. Yeah. I, one of the scenes I liked the most was when he... Um, so there's another woman who's like a choral director, and she is in love with him, you can tell, mm. and, and they tried to date in the past, but he's just too sad that he can't Broken. he can't let her in um, and so he's really pushing her away and, and she just it's breaking her heart because she can see how much he needs somebody mm-hmm. um, and so she kind of persists at one point you know being um, suspicious that he has cancer or something mm-hmm. and he says some of the most horrible things to her and I can't even he just it basically escalates it's him pushing her away verbally mm-hmm. um and it just ends with him saying, like, you despise me. He said, I despise you. I despise you. You're a stumbling block. Yeah, I despise you. I despise you. You're a stumbling block. Yeah, all that I thought was one of the most effective, horrible lines uh-huh. and acted scenes. I, ju- I just thought that was a real, like, punch in the gut. Yeah. More than... I've seen in a lot of scripts. Yeah. Well, let's reevaluate. <laughs> I uh I want to go up because the first part did have some good things, but I just can't because you don't get credit for writing a couple of good scenes. If you're going to wash it all down the toilet with some Drano at the end. Even though there's some terrible taste, 
that went into making this movie, I still find it very ballsy, and it was anything but boring. So I, I still... Oh, there were definitely boring parts. Oh, I don't think anything was boring. I mean, you just, you just don't like uh, people waxing philosophically. That's your own problem. <laughs> I can still call it boring. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I, I, you can... We're reevaluating our own scores. You keep no, to your own score. You keep it I'll keep two. to mine. I'll I'll move up. But you have to <laughs> I go I have to go down. up to two. Okay. I I'm going up to two. What are you going up to? <laughs> no. So I was a six before. I'm gonna stay at six. <laughs> like I I recognize all of these problems. Oh no. Everybody, if you're at all interested, please go see this so you can enjoy how yeah. much I'm conf- I'm confounded by David's six. <laughs> you're allowed to like bad movies, David. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait a second. Was it about global warming? <laughs> I couldn't quite get their stance on global warming. Like, is it a real thing? Like, does he, does the, like, writer-director think that global warming's real? <laughs> All right, well, we're still far from home, but we're going to snip this one here. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.